Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. So the other one is uh, <laughs> I put here, even though that's not the the correct name, but it, it comes from a book, The Mask That Men Live In, which the title of the book is called The Mask We Live In, or the documentary is that the uh, The Mask We Live In. Oh, the book is called The Mask and Masculinity, and I picked out mm-hmm. a couple of them. Of uh, so I'm curious of what did you what did you think? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's that's fantastic. It certainly falls in line with some of the things that we've already been talking about. Yeah, yeah, you already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Especially, it, so we the person that we project out into the world is not necessarily the person that we really truly are inside. Yeah. And sometimes, and this once again from this book, Mr. Nice Guy, he's talking, no more Mr. Nice Guy, he's talking about seeing clients who are a different person in every single relationship that they're in. When they're with their parents, they're one person. When they're with their friends, they're another person. When they're with their girlfriend, they're an entirely different person. And they adjust, right? They call themselves a chameleon. They adjust themselves to the particular situation. Mm -hmm. And I related. I was like, I'm that guy. Or I was that guy. I'll say that. Uh, and what begins to happen is we begin to lose a real sense of who we are. Mm -hmm. We don't even really know who we are because we haven't, been ourselves at all ourselves at all we haven't self-affirmed ourselves in the world so um we have no sense like who the heck am i and i think a lot of depression anxiety can come out of that yes yes and and it's it's interesting you say that it's not in the book the chameleon but i used to have a best friend who was that and Hmm. and it used and i i guess as i was maturing and getting to know me before I started doing this work, I knew what he was doing wasn't right because it made me feel uncomfortable when I was around what he was doing mm. and how he would shift from different person to different person. I was just like, something is not right because we were always, the, the clue was, we were always in some awkward situation with someone else. Mm. And I remember a situation where, you know, I was like dancing at the time in New York and um, he's like, hey man, you know, this, I have free tickets to this ballet. You know, let's go to this ballet. I have a friend that's in the, in New York ballet. And I was mm-hmm. like, you got a friend in New York ballet? This is my best friend. I've known him for 10, like whatever amount of years. I was like, I have never heard him say he had a good friend in a well-established ballet. Uh, maybe women, but let alone uh, a, a guy. And so I was like, okay, you know, he was like really talking this guy up. And I was like, I thought this was very unusual mm-hmm. because he never talks about other guys like this. Like, you know, he was, my friend was straight and this other guy was gay. Not that it didn't mean anything, but um, he was, and he was a principal dancer at New York City Ballet. And so he said, hey, we're going to go backstage. We're going to get a backstage tour. And I was just like, <laughs> and the more he kept hyping it up, I was like, I felt more uncomfortable. And I was mm-hmm. just like, Something is off. So we go to the ballet, we finish the ballet, and yeah. we get to the stage door. Uh, and the stage manager's like, Well, who are you? And then <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God. Because he was saying how our name was supposed to be 
at the door and, and I started to kind of like walk away a little bit and so <laughs> I just imagine he's like slowly just like creeping away and then he was like my name is so and so then he was like yeah he doesn't know that name and I was just like oh my god and so and so he's like well just tell him to come to the door and so the guy came to the door and the guy was like oh oh hey and then it was just so awkward I just like walked away I just couldn't like just be there. <laughs> it was too cringy it was just the too cringe cr- levels were off the charts <laughs> <laughs> but it was always like that and I was just like why do you have to always change from person to person he goes well that's how it is that's how I gotta be in New York and I was like no you don't I was like, you just be who you are. Like, that's people just want you to be your authentic self. He was like, no, no, no. This is how I get along. This is how I network. And I was like, okay, you do you. I'm going to do me. Because I can't mm. do that chameleon thing because it, it makes me feel fake. And it, 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 well, it actually made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, it just... <laughs> how long ago was that? Like, do you still know this person? Have you seen um, we, we had a fall down our friendship and we are just now sort of, you know, reconnecting. So that was like maybe eight years ago. Wow. Um, yeah. Think, long time. Yeah. Because of, I think the coronavirus, he's, we've been sort of like texting back and forth mm. and um, sort of yeah. keeping it because I was close friends, I'm close friends with his parents. So they're getting older and he keeps me mm-hmm. updated. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what's going on in his life. I mean, I'd be curious to know if he ever, because a lot of people, I mean, that might have been the belief system at the time, right? This is how you have to be. This is the paradigm that I'm living in, uh, in order that I, so that I can survive. Yeah. And I'm wonder at some point, uh, a paradigm like that, at least from my perspective, is doomed to fail because yeah. it, it just can't. It's exhaustive. Think about that. You have to calculate every single person what they want, and for you in that moment, that's what he thought that you wanted, or that's what he thought mattered to you. Yeah, miscal. Maybe I don't know. This is eight years ago. Maybe that did matter to you. Maybe you didn't really care. Miscalculation. Who knows? But that's what he thought you wanted, so he was trying to be that person. But then yeah. you go to the next person. They want. They, he thinks they want something else. So I got to adapt to that. That's exhausting. Yeah, that sounds tiring to yeah. me. Um, and I know it because I've lived it too. <laughs> yeah. It is it is tiring. <laughs> yeah, especially like in no, no more Mr. Nice Guy. He was. I remember in the beginning of the book, I kind of made some notes about it. But he was saying how the nice guy is a manipulator, and I was like, ooh. Mm. And I was like, I had to like think about that. And he started laying out the actions. So he was like, a good nice guy is being nice because they want something. Right. They have an agenda. And they're the, basically the chameleon. They're always adjusting, being nice because they want something from you. They don't know how to articulate themselves. They don't know how to, um, they're not comfortable with their emotions. So they do all these things to avoid conflict by being overly nice and not dealing with like, uh, yeah. dealing with situations. I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> well, that was me because I would do that. I would Cheer do every little thing to like avoid <laughs> conflict and I still battle with that sometimes I yeah, just don't too. like conflict um, but I've learned I'm learning to have you know better conversations I'm learning to ask better questions I'm learning you know starting with me like where is it coming from like why do I right. why am I reacting like that like you yeah. know what do I need to like hook over myself you know what I mean and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, just really learning how to deal with avoiding that conflict and like just take it on in and like 
you know, really like, you know, for instance, um, uh, in my coaching program, like I created this men's program and actually I expanded my other coaching um, program that I offered to people for coaching. And so I say, you know, to my coach, so I say, so now that I have the structure, what do I do? Like, I still need to build a component. She was like, sell it. And I was like, what without, she was like, yeah, sell it. Like you just have to jump in and just learn as you go. Mm, and it's great advice. And I, and that's how a lot of it has been like, you know, having difficult conversations with, you know, one of my best friends, like, I can't plan for that. I just had to just jump in Mm -hmm. and say what I needed to say in order to get it out. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is no calculation, you know, having a difficult conversation. You just have to, I just have to, one, trust the tools that I have that's going to be available and there for me and just come always remind myself coming from a place of love and -hmm. receiving what the other person has to say whether i like it or not Mm because i may not like it but receiving what that person is dealing with dealing with about with me too Mm -hmm. yeah that's um that's a really relatable uh thing that you brought up because i think that is one of the areas at least for myself and i think for a lot of people as well where the mask shows up a lot is Mm -hmm. is when it comes to confrontation i'm gonna act like i'm not affected or i'm gonna act (laughs) like i don't care because it's just too uncomfortable for me to have a vulnerable conversation with you Uh, and so nothing gets accomplished really you know, you continue to be the same way that you are. I continue to be the same way I am. I had a friend not too long ago um, uh, that, I mean, he's still my friend now, but every time he would call me, I would just get this feeling of like resentment and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I talked to my girlfriend and we broke it down. And what it came down to is that I wasn't being self-expressed with him. He was living his life this, you know, certain way, um, you know, basically saying he's going to be someplace and then not showing up, making commitments, mm-hmm. not showing up for those. Um, you know, he's a heavy set guy making commitments to lose weight and then not losing weight and uh, it kind of putting it on me. Like you didn't invite me to the gym type of thing. And then I would kind of bite my tongue. And he was saying that to you? Yeah. He was going to blame me. And it's you need like, an invite to go to the gym? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're not five. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, the mask that I was wearing in that sense was that, yeah, this is okay. Um, you know, I was afraid to be vulnerable yeah. with him. And so once I got vulnerable with him and my girlfriend coached me a bit, and like you said, part of it was I just had to jump into because I am, you know, I'll try to think of every scenario, every possible, you know, scenario and think of the response to it. And uh, I'm not getting anywhere doing that. So I just had to jump in, right? And eventually I just jump in and I express myself and I say, mm-hmm. what's going on? You know, in a way that's not like you're uh, a POS, you know, a piece of shit and <laughs> you need to do better, but in a way that's like, this is how, what you're doing is impacting me. And I realize that if it's impacting me, then there's something I need to work on as well. And I'm committed to working on that. And I want to help you if you're committed to working on these things. And that's a way more constructive conversation. It's like vulnerable and constructive as opposed to just not doing anything about it at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, in um, in the mask and masculinity written by Lewis House, he breaks, you know, what he perceived as like these seven different masks. And I'll talk about one of them. And one of them is the stoic mask where <laughs> I think it said, it said, it's, you know, I'm going to read a quote from it. it says, it's just not, it's just about not letting anyone know that you're afraid or that you are afraid. 
Mm. Um, this is from this um, soldier, uh, this uh, lieutenant. Oh God, I'm going to read it again. It says, it's just about not letting anyone in and letting them know that you're afraid. I've got a platoon here and that I need to run. And I need to inspire them and motivate them and, and take care of them. They can't let me, they, I cannot let them see me afraid. But I am afraid. <clears throat> so a lot of these things that we men, I definitely, again, another thing that I, uh, workshop that I led, like just he couldn't let anyone see that he was afraid to make this decision yeah. to make an investment in himself. And um, and in his research with, uh, with in the, the American Medical Association, they published this um, this uh, review or this uh, they did this test, and they were saying that men who serve the military are twice as likely to report of having been sexually abused as a child as compared to those for non-military male counterparts yet <clears throat> because they can't talk about these things because it's not manly. They carry the pain around for so long that this trauma will manifest itself as a form of numerous mental health issues, including mm. depression. Yeah. And I know that's one particular topic, especially about sexual abuse or any kind of abuse that men will not talk about um mm. and which will lead to different depressions i remember my uncle who was in the military who when we uh, <clears throat> uh family vacations or christmas or holiday vacations like he would rarely talk about anything anything personal and and i know he has dealt with things because he would be the first couple of days he would literally be up 48 hours like can't sleep because um, he was in the, uh, I think the Afghan, the Afghanistan war. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he was like, when I sleep, all these things <clears throat> that I still think about. And I think I asked him one day, I was like, well, what did you, you know, he's like, well, he don't, I don't want to talk about it. You know, um, it, it was just, just too much for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of men deal with these things and they hold it in and it uh, formulates these mental barriers and sometimes result into diseases in our bodies. Definitely. <clears throat> I took a course when I was in grad school at NYU. It was a mini course, but it was on working with veterans mm -hmm. and veterans uh, because of their you know code of honor, I guess I think it's a code of honor. They basically it's like masculinity, um, but it's like hyper masculinity. So yeah. all these ideas of like not looking weak, same thing, just, you know, even more rigid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really the big one. Like not looking weak, um, like always pushing forward, right. working hard. And so even for veterans, it's even more difficult, uh, to get the help that they need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I would imagine that mask is even more solidified. Yeah. Or could be, has the potential to be even more solidified because of the particular code and principles that they live, you know, their life by, which helped them when they were yeah. in the army, maybe. Right. And and like in the same sense, like the, <clears throat> they, in that kind of situation, they need to have that sort of like that grit, that stoic, that aggressiveness. And, you know, in the same, right. in the same token, 
most people carry it out carry it out way too long like there's mm-hmm, a time mm-hmm. to be that person here and then there's a time to shift that person to be more than receiving yeah. which is soft and uh what is what is the definition of it um it's uh being more soft and open and vulnerable and then because that muscle of being aggressive and stoic for so long that men um, and I know for myself, when I started to do it, it, it did feel uncomfortable because I didn't know what the hell I was doing in this sort of space. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's supposed yeah, to yeah. feel like that. Why am I feeling like, you know, like over <laughs> uh, analyzing it, over, you know, it just um, that it, you know, I had to get used to it. I had to like remind myself it's okay. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? mm-hmm. until, I, until I saw other men doing it. And I'm yeah. just like, Oh, okay. Like this not has to be mean anything. If I don't give this any meaning that it's like feminine or um, gay or anything like that, it's just what I feel. Um, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Then it's like it's like going back to what we both discourse we took. Like as long as I can take this meaning that is it's too much. This is that it's too girly, and then say I just feel this way. Then for me, I feel like I can, I can have power. Yeah, and I think that's what this all comes down to is is finding a way to have power. Yeah. Having power. Um, how would you define power for yourself? How would I define power with myself? Well, um, one, it's knowing myself. Uh, one, definitely I know that I, I gain power when I know what I want and I need in any situation, especially in a relationship, especially what I'm doing, because it gives me, it boosts my confidence and it gives Mm -hmm. me power. Um, And what else gives me power is when I can tap into a place where I'm not letting, I'm not being affected by what's happening with someone else, that I can stand in a place and and receive and not react. That gives me a lot of power and that I can reflect back what this person is saying to me meet their needs and win for myself as well that gives me power um mm-hmm. you know and, and you know a sense of accomplishment gives me power too mm-hmm. what about you yeah yeah i i would say it's has a lot to do with self-confidence self-efficacy like i have a confidence that i'll be able to carry out the things that i say that i'm going to carry out or i'll have the confidence that um i have an ability to self-moderate Mm-hmm. my emotions and the way that I'm feeling and to, and to manage those things as opposed to, you know, flying off the handle and, <laughs> and, yeah. and maybe being more of the manic depressive type. Um, but power is certainly uh, important, I would say for, for, for those purposes, being able to manage myself as a human being in this, in this world. And without that, I would not be able to make it out of bed every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else? Yeah. What else? We said being confident. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did bring up uh, confidence a little bit, didn't I? Yeah. And I put this on here because I one of the, the people that I interviewed, that, that he was struggling with that. He was like, how do I, how would I, you know, one of the questions I asked him, I said, what would you need a coach for? He was like, I want to learn how to have confidence in asking for what I want. Mm. 
And with my partner, like I want to be confident in asking what I need, what I tell her what I desire, tell her what I want, what I like. You know,、um, he said sometimes I just don't have the confidence to bring it up.、Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a really, really good one.、Mm. Yeah, definitely. First, I'd want to know for someone like him, you know, what is, you know, I guess what does confidence look like for him? Confidence might be the opposite of basically what he just explained. Yeah. <laughs>、um, maybe feeling more comfortable with being able to bring these things up to a significant other, and I think there's a really tight connection between the mask and self confidence.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like self confidence comes from being who you are. Uh, Nietzsche was the one who said one of his quotes is "Become who you are," right? So it's like the becoming who I am isn't necessarily a process of like I need to add more to my、mm-hmm. life. It's actually I would say the opposite. I would say it's more I need to subtract、uh, things like the ego, these、uh, the meaning I create about my life and who I am.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the more simple it is, the easier it becomes for me to have confidence.、Uh, So, I think part partly. So, I think part of it is that I also think that part of it is、uh, fitting ourselves to be in a position where we can be of some usefulness to、yeah. society and the world. Like basically, some of the things we were talking about last time. It's like when I'm connected to my purpose, yeah, and, and the why and what I'm aimed at.、Um, I tend to have a little bit more confidence overall. You know, it's like. I'm not so worried about getting rejected if I say something to you that perhaps、mm-hmm. um, is vulnerable, and you reject me. I'm not. I'm not so concerned about that、um, because I don't have all my eggs into this one basket of like I need approval and validation to be okay. My eggs、yeah. are elsewhere. My eggs are like I've got a much bigger idea in mind, something I'm trying to create that maybe doesn't even have anything to do with us. So even if you reject me, that's okay. You know, I'm gonna、right. keep pushing forward. Right, because I, as you talking, it reminds me of like、um, if I've watched it, the、um, Simon Sinek TED talks about the why, and he breaks down like when you're connected to your why, there is nothing can stop you、um, from achieving what you want, and that gives you power. Even a rejection of others will not stop you from、mm-hmm. taking the action. And in relationships,、yeah. you know, you have like had why am I in this relationship and why and why, with your friends, why am I here? What you know, like what value do they bring? And some of us, our、right, God knows, I was in that position, like are aimlessly in relationships that don't serve us, with friendships、mm-hmm. and romantically and jobs, you know. So why am I here? Why am I connected? Why does this, does this give me joy? Why、uh, does this give me a purpose? You know,、mm-hmm. asking those questions, and sometimes, you know. I avoided asking that. Well, why am I with these friends for a while? Because I was afraid of what might come up. Because am I like, oh, am I judging them? And my my assessment was I was judging myself of what might come up or what might might be deeply what I think about them. But it was a real wake up call, you know. Of okay, but why? Why do I do have these relationships? Like, why am I around these people?、Mm. Why? I was just really, I just got really curious, and then、yeah. that was a shift for me that really woke me up. I was like, okay, I need to start changing my circle. I need to stop spending much,、uh, a little less time with certain people because if this is my goal to be where I need to be with my career, 
I need to, you know, one of the things to build confidence, but I, you know, um, Catherine Boulevard Thomas has this thing was stop the negative talk with yourself and with others, because that just one diminishes you and diminishes the people around you. It doesn't breed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a environment of vulnerability, confidence, and courage, and innovation. When you have this sort of self negative talk with yourself and with other people. And I had to really change or look at what kind of conversations I was having with other people. And I was like, okay, I got to shift something. And then that helped me build my confidence of what I was doing because I was less focused on that dialogue. I was, wasn't was in that negative dialogue all the time. Then the yeah. talk of the negative, the self negative talk kind of like do when it happens, but it wasn't as, it wasn't permeating as much because I wasn't having people around me reiterating that thing. And then when I focused to the friendship that brought me value, and their conversations were different, then I started to gain more tools and more confidence of like, I can do this. I can see my greatness. I can keep going forward. I can like keep, um, just keep on the path that I've been focusing on. Yeah. Yeah. When you were speaking there for a second, uh, you know, something else came to me that I thought of, which now seems pretty obvious <laughs> but a good a good way to you know build confidence is just, it just comes from how well i know myself right uh, self-exploration i've done uh you know all the self-help books i've read the action i've taken and i think it could be but it could be you know partly the action i've you know taking action in psychology we call it behavioral activation or in psychotherapy we call it behavioral activation it's like it doesn't really matter how you feel just so long as you're taking the action your right. feelings will follow later so even if you're uncomfortable and you're afraid and you feel like you don't have confidence if you take the action eventually the fear will dissipate you'll have the confidence and things will come and sometimes that works i think what also helps too is what i was just talking about where I have a deep understanding of myself and when I'm more connected to what my true authentic self is, I'm not afraid of putting myself out there because you're not going to show me something I don't already know about myself, you know? <laughs> Cause for me, that was such a big fear is like, what if you know something about me that I don't even know about me and it comes out when I try to express myself to you. Yeah. You it's know? So fun- yeah. You, you, you're so funny. Like, um, Amy Schumer, um, she was doing this roast on this other comedian and it was, she was first mm-hmm. and she said, well, first of all, I know I'm fat, so you can take that off the table. So you don't have to worry <laughs> about me. I know I got big hips, big lips, all that stuff. So that's not going to phase me. <laughs> yeah, and she exactly. always talks about that. So it's like, like, when you, like, so the guy, when he came up, he couldn't even, say anything because he was that he he she already tackled the issue that she already dealt with herself that mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. you can't bring up the fatness what, what else you got yeah you know because yeah. she knows herself yeah. so much like that thing is not gonna bother us like well what else you got yeah yeah and so you're right like when i when you when i know myself like other things or other people's words and actions has no power over me because Mm-hmm. I know me. Yeah. I I really think that lack of confidence is found in the space between um, who I project to the world 
and who I really am inside and, yeah. and the discrepancy between the two. I think that's where the lack of confidence comes from and also the shame and the guilt because at some level at our truest selves, we understand that the person I am out here in the world is not the same person I am on the inside. And from, right, <laughs> you know, I always felt like that. I knew deep down that like, there was a discrepancy there. Uh, but as I've grown older and I've done a lot of work uh, on myself, I've been able to bring those two selves in more alignment. So the yeah. self that I am with you and the self that I am speaking to you is more the self that I am inside. Um, and from there as well, as a good source of confidence yeah. and and, it's so great um, what you just yeah. where we just said. You know, Gary Zukov says, when the personality um, comes to know, comes to serve the soul, then that's when you come true authentic power. Right. A personality that you made up realize that the true purpose is what your soul is here to do. When you turn, stop focusing on that personality, the ego, and focus on what your soul wants, and when that your personality serves the soul, then you have real authentic power. Then you know your purpose. Then you have confidence. Then you have power to make the impact that you came here to do to the, the impact you were put on this earth to do. Yeah. That's really where the source of, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me comes right. from. <laughs> not, it's, it's, sometimes it's not enough just to say, I don't care what everyone thinks about me. Uh, sometimes that's what's really needed is that connection with who you really are. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for a long time right here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hour 15. Part, I know. We might have to do part three, have another podcast at four o'clock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, sure. And um, so any like last minute thoughts and inspiring, you know, uh, thoughts? I think the solution for most of our problems, especially as men, is found in the subjects that you brought up today. And the last thing that we touched on, I think, is the antidote to all of that is become who you are. Well, find out who you are and then become that and bring yourself in alignment with the person that you are out in the outer yeah. world, the objective world, and to alignment with the person that you are in your own subjective world. I think that yeah. is the antidote to probably 95% of right. our troubles. <laughs> and it's so funny you say that. You made me think of a quote that my coach always says. She said, the world needs that special gift that only you have. Uh, and when we wear all these masks, we aren't really connected to the gift that we have inside right. of all of us to make that contribution to our wife, our kids, our partners, mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. jobs, and the world. When we're too busy focusing on trying to please everybody else. Right. Yeah, that's so that's so perfectly put. I like that idea a lot. We each have something that's incredibly valuable to yeah. offer this world. Yeah. And if we're too busy trying to be somebody else, else. we'll never find out what that unique Perfect. thing is. Yeah. Mm, powerful. It's a good <laughs> note to add on. <laughs> we'll have to do this again. Uh, we have to do this again, man. I mean, wow, I love it. All yeah, right, man. Too. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.